1: Feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show.
2: Lovely Rita, meet
3: a maid, nothing can come between us. When it gets dark,
4: I tow your heart away.
5: Breaking news.
4: And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, of course, what a sad discovery that debris from that Titan sub has been found near the Titanic. And now, new word, that Navy sensors detected a possible implosion right around the time that the Titan's communications failed. In other words, they had information of a potential implosion when that submersible lost contact on Sunday. Remember, it went into the ocean and about an hour 45 into the ocean, there was, they believe now, uh, a catastrophic implosion, a catastrophic defect that caused, obviously, pressure, and it obviously exploded. And they believe it was at that moment when they lost contact that there was this enormous catastrophe. And now we're getting word that the U.S. Navy actually detected through some communications and some sonar that they were able to see there was some sort of massive implosion that happened near where that Titan sub lost communications, but they still wanted to hold out hope that the sub would not have had a catastrophic malfunction and that it might have been something else, which obviously you can't blame them at the time. They certainly were hoping beyond hope that those individuals, five of them, experienced adventurers, uh, all of them now believed, obviously, to have been killed. But they were hoping that they would have found them alive and that that sound was not an implosion. Of course, so many details coming in today. What are your thoughts as we are now getting word that indeed they believe it was catastrophic That suddenly, when the submersible lost contact, that again, at that point, that potential implosion took place. And that is when they had a catastrophic failure, pressure failure. And now they believe they are looking for the remaining parts of that sub. They did find some. They found five parts that were located about 1,600 feet from the front of the Titanic. And what a powerful, powerful uh, force it must have been to cause that implosion again as they were going so deep into the ocean. And what just a sad, sad ending. We were with you last night. And obviously, as this was happening, of course, all of us were holding out hope that maybe some good news would come. And now it looks like even the U.S. Navy had a warning sign potentially that that may have been the case. They were hoping the remote chance that that sound, that implosion that they heard on their own equipment right at that same time on Sunday was not indeed the submersible. So what do you think went wrong? And do you think that this submersible, as we're getting more details, never should have even been in the ocean? All the stress of it going so deep into the ocean, two and a half miles down, uh, twice the size of the Grand Canyon, by the way, in depth and in width, the search area that officials have been looking for. Indeed, it was twice the size of Connecticut. So what do you think caused this catastrophic malfunction and obviously now leads to just a horrible, horrible disaster and what a tragic, tragic loss I mean, you think of the stories of the people that were on board. These were some of the brightest, some of the most adventurous, uh, some of the most uh, well-known explorers in the world. One of the guys on board was very, very tied to the uh, Titanic itself, the wreckage where they were going down to sea. And they had been down there like 50, uh, 35 times, or actually, 35 times, super well-known. Uh, the guy from France, they call him P.H. Paul Henry. And he was one of the sort of granddaddies, if you would, of exploration and what a tragic loss. And what do you think this means for the future of, you know, private exploration underwater? Does this put a big damper or was this a company that just maybe didn't fit the standards, didn't check the things. There was one thing I remember looking at, and they had the remote control. It almost looked like a kid's remote of a PlayStation almost, where basically the remote controls that were inside this 20-foot-long submersible. I mean, it didn't look very sophisticated. Again, I'm not an expert at submersibles by any season, but just looking at it, it looked like it was kind of like like a teenager was playing a PlayStation that was what they had inside. But then earlier in the day, John Katsimatidis and I and Katzen and Cosby, we talked to somebody who had been on the same Titan submersible before. And he said the trip went well. There were no problems. He said it seemed like everything was well trained and well performing and no problems with him. So, what do you think went wrong for this enormous catastrophe that the whole world has been watching? One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. One 8489222 And by the way, also later on in this hour in the Rita Cosby Show, we're also going to be talking about some bombshells in the Hunter Biden investigation and some new details that came from an IRS whistleblower. They are explosive. And we're going to talk about the implications of that later on in this hour and also the GOP presidential field getting a lot more crowded. We will talk about what that means and does that still keep Trump in the lead? I actually think more people in the race helps Trump because anybody who's sort of splitting up the vote will take away from others, maybe DeSantis and others, but I don't think it actually hurts Trump. Your thoughts on that, too, as we continue with the Rita Cosby Show. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. I will tell you, as you guys know, last night on the show, I was holding out hope when they heard that they heard these sounds, remember? that they had heard early in the nighttime the night before. And then, of course, in the morning hours, it was Tuesday night and Wednesday morning. They were hearing those sounds 30 minutes apart. They continued again. So it was like, oh, good, maybe there is a glimmer of hope. And because these people that were on board, the five that were on board, four of them were extremely experienced. One was a father and son, so the son's 19, but he was an adventurer too. But the other four were certainly super experienced. One of them was the owner of the company, OceanGate. So he was on board that sub. So if you can think about anybody that would know uh, if something were to malfunction, how to work around it, how to signal people, how to survive, how to conserve oxygen, because there was only a limited amount of oxygen. But now from what we are hearing, it looks like it was something that was catastrophic. It was something that was immediate. And it was something that happened literally in a nanosecond as they were going down. What a tragic, tragic end. Here is one of the rear admirals earlier today announcing the news that that debris field from the sub was found.
3: This morning, an ROV or remote operated vehicle from the vessel Horizon Arctic discovered the tail cone of the Titan submersible approximately 1600 feet From the bow of the Titanic on the seafloor. The ROV subsequently found additional debris. In consultation with experts from within the Unified Command, the debris is consistent with the catastrophic loss of the pressure chamber. Upon this determination, we immediately notified the families
4: how heartbreaking is that and they found five pieces uh and again saying it appears that it was a catastrophic event it'll be interesting to find out if they can exactly find out what may have caused this it was an underwater robot that first found parts of the tail and other pieces of this uh you know you know cutting edge supposedly uh, titan sub that is a private submarine your thoughts of what went wrong and what do you think it means for the future of underwater exploration 1-800-848-9222 um, let's go to let's go to joe line one joe your thoughts hello rita it's my pleasure to speak with you again you have to understand that
6: bertram mccord went to the mariana's trench in 1958 And that is actually two miles deeper than Mount Everest is high. So why don't we have the technology, number one, to do this and keep this safe and then be able to recover these vehicles? And I'm going to go away and... But you reiterate, and well, thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it.
4: You are welcome. And, and Joe, you're absolutely right. there should be there should be no question that it could be done safely. Um, and the other thing too, I find interesting, Joe, is why did it take them so long to actually locate this vehicle, uh the submarine? because if indeed it looks like it fell, uh, they said sixteen hundred feet uh, from the front, of the Titanic. And if that's the case, that's where they were supposed to basically come down. So they probably had the pinpoint accuracy of where they were going to go. Something catastrophic came, obviously happened on descent, but it landed basically right where it was supposed to be going. So I'm trying to figure out why did it take them so long if indeed it was basically in the exact spot where they thought it was supposed to come down? Why did it take them? Here it is. We're Thursday morning. Thursday night now, but it was Thursday morning when the discovery was made. And so Thursday morning from Sunday, that's a long time. Not that anything would have changed because it sounds like it was in the descent that it was catastrophic. And obviously the thing imploded, it looks like. Um, so it wouldn't have changed, sadly, the outcome. But I don't understand why we couldn't have located the, the pieces, the debris, because it was exactly right where it was supposed to be. What took everybody so long? I think there's a lot of questions here, Joe, um, and you bring up some great ones. Let's go to Joe in Jericho on line two. Joe, your thoughts
7: freedom my love the polish princess let me tell you something uh first of all uh, a quick some, some, something positive uh, fdny saved a man who was getting crushed between two cars today in midtown and also a little girl disappeared from her home the mother well, called the police over in new jersey he she and a cop found her in a floating in a body of water unresponsive they both jumped into the water and brought her out the police performed a cpr she's and she is fighting for her life, so let's pray for her. Oh my God! Now, but she's alive. Six. She's
4: alive at this hour, right? Is what you're saying?
7: She's alive at this hour. The doctors are hopeful, but you know they said she's fighting for her
4: life. Oh well, we're going to pray for her. Now, talk about uh, talk about this sub. What do you think?
7: Now, Rita, as an American Marine, part of the United States Navy, you can only volunteer for submarine duty. It's stressful, and the bottom line is, what was they thinking, Rita? These people had money and power. Why would they risk everything? It came out. It came out that it was from a Game Boy, the controls. This reminds me, when we were kids when I was a Marine cadet as a kid. In the back of the magazine, the comic books, they had all those toys you could order. And they had that submarine for two ninety nine plus shipping. It was cardboard. And it had little ice that lit up. But you wouldn't. we knew enough for not to go into the water with that. This was tantamount to that reader. These people have everything to live for. Why would they risk and spend the money, which 250000 is pennies to them? Why would they risk everything to see a horrible uh, ship where people died? And they ended up dying. It is just so sad. God risk their souls. But they had a choice. They had a choice. And the bottom line is, after all this said and done, remember, uh, Putin went on vacation 20-some-odd years ago and let his, his, uh, his um, submarines die. 1962, FDR. I mean JFK. Well, and and by the way,
4: and Joe, Joe, hold on, Joe. I just want to stay focused on this sub, obviously. But but uh, there are people who who say they're going to spend X amount of money, um, and of course, they never expected that when you go to something like this and you see the owner of the whole company goes in the sub with you, that should give you some comfort that obviously he has faith in the product. And as I told you, we talked to people earlier today. We talked to a guy. Um, Michael Reese, who uh, he's like one of the writers of Simpsons. And he actually went down. Uh, He was talking about how he went down. He said it was a really cool experience. It was dark. It was cold. You only actually saw the Titanic, he said, for like, I think it was like 20 minutes. Uh, But he said it was still one of those very cool experiences. And he felt completely safe. And, And so I don't necessarily blame them for going down there. Um, I would have been alarmed if I saw a PlayStation at the remotes. I would have been like, maybe I'll find something else. And, and Joe, in full confession, I've done some pretty daring things. I jumped out of a plane. I did. I did one of the skydives uh, at thirteen thousand five hundred feet. Um, and I also did recently the climb, um, which is in New York City. As you guys know, it's that it's the thing where you're sort of on the edge, uh, and you get you're strapped. So you're held, but you know, I'm a little bit of an adventurer spirit. I don't know if I would have gone down under, especially if I saw that PlayStation, but I don't blame them, but it's the company needs to let them know that they would be safe. There's a lot of questions tonight. We're going to continue with your calls. one 800
1: This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify.
1: This is The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
4: And we continue to get more details on this tragedy in the ocean of the Titan sub. Again, new news that Navy sensors detected. A possible implosion around the time that communications failed with the sub. Remember, communications suddenly went dark an hour, 45 minutes when they started to descend towards the Titanic wreckage. And the debris field, of course, found just a few hours ago right there, right in front of the Titanic. one 800 And joining us now on line one, I understand we got Bobby Chacone here. Um, of course, longtime FBI agent and expert, of course, on diving. Um, Bobby, your reaction, you and I, I remember we were talking when we were still hoping and praying um, that they would be alive and that those sounds maybe were leading investigators and everybody there. But now, of course, uh, sadly, uh, reality seeping in. Your thoughts? Yeah. You know, well,
8: unfortunately, it's kind of a confirmation of, things that most of us that have been in this business kind of felt was the likely outcome and you hope against the odds that it's not. And in my first appearance on Tuesday, when, when I first spoke about this, I said that, you know, from my vantage point, the fact that all communication was lost very abruptly, um, you know, uh, during the descent, when you're, you know, when you're experiencing the greatest pressure increase, um, that it, in my opinion, I was assuming that it was a, a large, significant pressure failure uh, causing a, a catastrophic implosion. Um, that's worst case scenario. It's, it's worst case scenario for the people on board. But you know, in reality, it's probably the most humane thing that could have happened to them. Uh, I know that sounds uh, morose, but, but that's 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 kind of what it is. And um, the fact that they, you know, they weren't able to communicate any kind of distress beforehand tells me that it probably happened very quickly, um, maybe so quick they didn't even realize it, and they were gone in a flash.
4: Oh, Bobby, talk about also the pressure that it must have been um, on this, um, obviously, you know, uh, vehicle on this sub uh, to cause it to implode. Um, do you think it was some sort of malfunction, or was it wear and tear on the vessel? What do you think it was that caused it?
8: Yeah, I, I think it was wear and tear. I think that every time there was only like a handful of vessels in the world that are built and designed to withstand that kind of pressure And every time one of them is deployed and comes back, it gets broken down and, and, and inspected and x-rayed you have to do a, an immense amount of work to prepare something like this and every time it goes down, you assume that there is some kind of damage, even if it's unseen damage um, because of the pressures these, these pressures are, like nothing in the world. I mean, it, maybe submarines don't even go down that deep. So um, I think that there was probably some wear and tear and the last tear down, uh, I would like to see the records on when this last was, I mean, completely broken down. Hey, hey, X-ray. Bobby,
4: can I ask you a favor? Yeah. We're going to a hard break. Will you stay with us and we can take you after of the course. break? Thank you. Bobby, coming up.
1: This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue.
4: And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, a powerful story coming from Kansas City, Missouri, where the Kansas City Police Department captain there is being hailed a hero for his response at a house fire just a couple days ago. Uh, Captain Joshua Gasper has been on the force, he said, for 19 years. And he said, I've been on many house fires, but nothing quite like this. It happened 2.30 in the morning on Tuesday when Gasper was on his way back to the police station to do administrative work. Then he saw smoke at an intersection two blocks from the burning home. He thought it might be coming from a burn barrel, and he circled around and he could see flames. And it might have been, he said, a very big burn barrel, but then he suddenly looked up uh, and he drove around and he saw the house, the whole back of the house was engulfed in flames. He got up to the porch, And he said the front door was open. There were two people who were looking like they were packing up their belongings and ready to leave. He urged them to hurry and then asked if there was anyone else there. They told him that there might be. So he immediately went in. He said, as a first responder, it's our responsibility to first and foremost look for the preservation of life. And that's what I was trying to do. And he said he could barely see even with his flashlight. So he cleared through a couple different locations and suddenly realized inside that, indeed, there was a man and dogs still inside the house. Uh, with a head start on the search, he and other firefighters who soon joined him rescued the man, and they also got the two dogs from a level below. And when people asked, where did he get the, ju- the guts and courage to go in, he said, "quote I think we all do our jobs on a daily basis, and now and then there's an opportunity for you to step up, and that's what I tried to do. I knew what was on the line was for me to go in and to try to help save them. The man was briefly hospitalized for smoke inhalation and, amazingly, was released by day's end, and the dogs did not appear to be hurt. So what a beautiful story with a happy ending. And we are talking, sadly... About what hasn't been a happy ending, uh, sadly, for all five people, all souls on board that Titan sub, the private submersible, as we got word just a few hours ago that a debris field was found right there at the front of the Titanic, 1600 feet from the wreck of the Titanic, right off the bow. Uh, it's a smooth area, smooth bottom there. And they, again, say that it was catastrophic implosion. Again, new news tonight uh, here on the Rita Cosby Show uh, that a Navy sensor, it looks like, detected a possible implosion right around the time that that sub lost communication, which was about an hour 45 when it was descending. So it sounds like it was quick. And sadly, uh, everybody have lost their lives. And they are still, of course, looking and scouring the bottom there for obviously, remains and also more debris to be able to figure out exactly what went wrong. We continue uh, with longtime FBI agent and expert in diving, Bobby Chacon. Uh, Bobby, so great that you called into the show. I'm so thankful. Um, Bobby, what do you make of the fact that these Navy sensors detected a possible implosion They suspected that it might have been something like this, but, of course, they didn't know. And that's why they said they continued the search, as we know, for a couple days. Um, What what do you make of the fact that it sounds like they did at least pick up that it was obviously very, very, you know, powerful, this implosion? And as you know, uh, sound travels so quickly underwater.
8: Yeah, I think, I don't know if it was recorded and they went back and, and heard it or if they had, you know, listening they were just listening at the time or, or how that came to be. But it tells me that, you know, no matter how quickly people are on scene, these people died almost instantly at the point of failure. And so no, there was going to be no rescue. It takes, by the way, anyway, months to prepare these handful of vehicles that can withstand that kind of pressure um, to, to dive on these expeditions. So, you know, over the last course of the last couple of days, as I thought about it, you know, People were hoping they were alive, but in the end, I, in my knowledge, if the ROVs had found that vessel on the bottom with those people still alive in it, there was no way they could have been rescued. There was no, there's no submarine rescue vessel that goes that deep. That's that vessel didn't have a mating hatch on it that U.S. Navy uh, submarines have, so that the, the rescue vessels can attach them. You know, it was almost like I'm, um, um, you know. I'm glad that they didn't survive anything because there was no way a rescue could have been affected at that depth in time before they all suffocated anyway. So I think, you know, as morose as it may sound, this was the best possible outcome if, if, if you're worried about whether these people suffered or not.
4: You know, Bobby, why do we not have more sophisticated equipment if you're going to send people down? Um, just God forbid there were some sort of emergency like you talked about, like they don't have the mating equipment they don't we don't have enough to go down why are why are we not i mean here we are the most sophisticated country in the world um and and yet to go down there without these kind of backups why 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 are we in this situation
8: well because we when you when you use the collective we these are private enterprises these are businesses they they charge a fee to make make a profit and and to put it back in the business i mean so you know they they choose you know how to operate themselves um now That being said, we do know that an industry group of deep ocean explorers had written a letter to the CEO of this company um, several years ago saying, we are concerned that you're not following industry standards, industry safety standards that we as a group got together and, and promulgated. Now, these are private enterprises, so they kind of police themselves. There's no deep ocean regulatory body out there that, that regulates this stuff. So they're free to do or not do what they want, unfortunately. And this industry group did write a letter and it's been published now. You can read it online where they they, they voice some concerns about um, this company not following this these industry
4: safety standards
8: that they all got together as a group and came up with.
4: So, uh, FBI agent uh, Bobby Chacone, let me ask you, what do you think is in store uh, for the future of private industry um, for underwater exploration. Uh, what what do you think? Do you think that this is a big setback? How does this affect just the future?
8: Well, I mean, that's a great question. And that's exactly what this industry trade group mentioned in their letter. They said that since you're not following safety standards, if you have a catastrophic event, it may affect all of us in the deep ocean exploration field because of what you're just asking, um, what the repercussions are gonna be. Are there going to be governmental bodies that step in and, and, and call a timeout and say, maybe we have to look at some regulations, maybe we have to Now, industries love to self-police, right? They love to police themselves and, 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 and pass their own safety standards, which this group had done. And in their letter to OceanGate, they said, we're afraid that if you have an accident, it's going to affect all of us. And and that's exactly what you're talking about. So maybe maybe a group of nations gets together and forms a, a council. You know that that's going to then pass regulatory type of of regulations. And 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 I don't know. I, the the future is un, uncertain. We're we're hours into this thing. And so I think that you know people are going to start looking at that and 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 safety standards. You know, um, but the dive industry itself is a very self-regulatory industry. Um, When you go scuba diving, even, um, there are certain OSHA standards, but by and large, the scuba industry, even the recreational scuba industry, uh, it polices itself, and and as does even the commercial diving industry.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Boy, what a heartbreaking situation. Uh, Bobby Chacon, thank you so much for joining us. We are so grateful that you called into the show and given your great expertise. And definitely stay in touch, Bobby. Thank you so much.
8: Will do, Rita. Thank you.
4: Thank you very, very much. Uh, Former FBI agent Bobby Chacon with some great experience and diving and his perspective invaluable on a night like this uh so grateful that he did call into the show 1-800-848-9222 1-800-848-9222 let's go to frank line two from ohio frank your thoughts
9: yeah hi rita um i liked bobby's phone call that was really informative and i appreciate what he contributed to our understanding of this problem and the problem is really uh it's both a cultural and, and specific to this company. Culturally, listening to the talk radio the past couple of days, people don't know the deepest point of the ocean. They don't know that submariners in America are called submariners. They don't draw a distinction between submarines and these bath escapes that are designed to go to these tremendous depths. Nobody under, seems to understand the, the very great risk and the pressures and the, and, and the danger involved in this kind of enterprise. Now, adding to what Bobby said about the reports that are coming out, I read one today that said that a uh, an engineer who worked for this com- company in 2018, I believe, uh, uh, wrote a letter. He was a whistleblower saying that the practices were
4: unsafe, and this engineer in 2018 was fired. Yes. Another account. Told, by, the, by the way, uh, Frank, account- I, I read that too, and that was stunning. Keep going. You're right. Yes.
9: Uh, another account. This is a video. I can I can find your email address and send these links to you if you need them. Uh, there's a video account of the, the the way this company operated, and the CEO was saying that he didn't he didn't choose the, the the proper engineers to pilot this craft. He was choosing young people because they would be attractive to the audience, the clientele that they were trying to appeal to. And so r- rather than getting you know a 50 year old engineer, they were putting a 20 year old. St- surfer, so to speak, in there to make it glamorous. There's nothing glamorous about deep sea exploration. It's, it's really dangerous. It's it, it extraordinarily dangerous. And I just crunched some numbers here, and this is just like sixth grade, this is sixth grade science and math. There were 12,000 feet down, 364.6 atmospheres. Now you, uh, uh, that's at 33 feet per atmosphere in the ocean. And we're talking about 14 pounds per atmosphere. So uh, that's 14 pounds per square inch at sea level. Down at 12,000 feet, that's 5,090.9 pounds per square inch. That's a lot of pressure. A little, wow. A little, pin, a little pinhole, uh, a channel through that steel that is as big as a pinhole is enough to destroy that vehicle. The, 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 speaking of science, uh, uh, and, and by, by uh, the yeah, way, but by the way,
4: Frank, yeah. hold, and Frank, you brought up an interesting point when you talked about also before. Um, you reminded me of one of the things that we were looking at too. The actual, the owner of the company, like you said, the CEO, who was the guy who I think he was on the craft that was the Stockton Rush. Um, he's on a video saying, um, we brought in, we bring in inspiring people. We bring young, inspiring people to kind of work and in our company and be a part of all this, uh, because they don't really want to see 50 year old white guys. That was his analogy. Like he's like, we don't want to, uh, forgive me. If I'm getting operated on. I want to, I want the best doctor to be operating. I mean, I want the one with the most experience. I don't want someone who like somehow, uh, fits some, checks off some diversity box or some PC box, uh, because they're quote inspiring. So you do have to wonder, you brought up a really good point because it's worth going into seeing, did they have qualified people working on this? Did they have qualified people checking it, checking the stress of this? You just talked about the incredible weight and stress as it was going down the pressure on this vessel. And did you have people that were really qualified? And again, I just brought up the example. If I'm going on a plane, I want the most experienced pilot on. I don't want somebody who checks off like a politically correct box. That's not the way to go. Uh, Bobby, you brought up some great, great points. Thank you very, very much. Let's go to Bob, line three. Uh, Bob, your thoughts about all of this tonight, Bob, your thoughts.
6: Yeah, hi, Reader. Um, You know, there have been a a number of explorations uh, towards the Titanic, some with unmanned uh, vehicles, from what I remember, and some with actually where I think they had some divers. I recall seeing on television pictures that I think divers actually went down there a number of years ago. And I remember seeing it on TV, and it just looked so eerie. I mean, you saw things like dishes and silverware lying, you know, strewn about the the ocean floor. And uh, actually, uh, aside from the most modern movie they made a number of years ago, Titanic with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, back in the late 50s, early 60s. There's a very good picture, a motion picture about it called A Night to Remember. Yes. And uh, uh, when I was listening to your show last night and thinking about this whole tragic, tragic event, and it really, really is, I couldn't help but think that to me, it was almost like an omen, like the dead should just be left undisturbed. And I couldn't help but, you know, not get that out of my mind. So, you know, that... Just putting a different spin on any kind of scientific calculations, pressure-wise, depth-wise. No, you're
4: right. Drill. You know what's interesting, Bob? One of the guys, um, and I, I thought about when I heard that the debris happened. First, I said a prayer for everybody because, of course, like the rest of everybody, I was hoping that those sounds on the side might have been uh, sounds, somebody tapping potentially on the side of the sub. Turns out, um, obviously, that was not the case. Um, that it was something else. But you certainly always want hope and you want to pray that there's a miracle. But my first thought was to the same thing. And one of the guys that was there, by the way, who went down, uh, his name is PH. It's like Paul Henry. He's the French guy. And somebody close to him, I saw them on TV today talking about him. And they almost made the same comment because he was one of the first people actually to go down and help in the discovery of the Titanic. And he had been down to the Titanic more than 35 times. I mean, talk about somebody with was incredible experience um, to go down there, even though it's dark and murky and all that. And, And the friend... You know, basically said the same thing, like how fortuitous this man loved the Titanic and his whole life was that he was one of the, you know, they used to call him Mr. Titanic. That's what his nickname was. Um, and now God rest his soul, he is down there, uh, with, you know, the Titanic. It, it is, there's something, uh, really powerful about that thought. Uh, Bob, thank you very much. We're going to continue your calls, everybody, after the break. one 800
1: The Rita Cosby Show. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
4: And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, obviously such sad news about the sub. And my friend, Michael Gillen, former ABC News correspondent who went on Another exploration down to see the Titanic. Well, he talked today about when they made the discovery of the debris. He said he knew exactly what had happened. Take a listen.
9: Being basically in a tin can at the bottom of the Atlantic, you're basically buried alive in water. But uh, I knew, I, I sensed all along that it had, and in fact, I've been on air for the last 72 hours and I've said all along, that it had to have been a catastrophic failure. If you piece together the evidence, this was a ship that was designed to pop to the surface within 24 hours if anything wrong happened. It had backup systems, electrical systems, and ultimately compressed air system, pneumatic systems. And the fact that none of those systems kicked in to bring this thing to the top, indicated to me quite clearly that it had to have been a catastrophic failure.
4: What a heartbreaking discovery today. 1 800 848 Let's go to John in South Carolina. Uh, John, your thoughts about all this?
10: Yeah, Rita, hello. Hello. Uh, uh, I worked as a quality engineer for the Department of Defense, and these things just are not safe. We had special things for our submariners, SubSafe and 21N, and we really looked at standard. Parts weren't, weren't acceptable. You had to be above in quality. But I heard something very interesting that the this chairman who was pilot in this thing, evidently, for the want of $2,000, he didn't put a pinger on this vessel. And that would have told people where it was all the time.
4: You know what? I heard that, too, uh, that there was no sort of pinger, you know, quote, like a black box, if you will, even also there. Um, but you're right, isn't that stunning? Um, I was stunned when I heard that earlier too. That there was no device. Is that how much it costs? About a, I don't know how much is a pinger about a thousand dollars, John?
10: Two thousand dollars.
4: Oh, you got to be kidding me! That's amazing,
10: Rita. I talked to you last week about uh, Hunter Biden, and uh, you know Larry Cudlow, and I watched him tonight. Yep. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry to break this to the other side. The other your other uh, topic. But no one's talked about the NSA yet. And that's what everybody wants is that clinching evidence. Why isn't anybody looking where we have the conversation recorded?
4: Yep, yep. And by the way, I have not forgotten that. Um, so I will keep you apprised on that, John. Uh, well, so don't pass don't that don't on to Larry
10: Kudlow, because he interviewed James Comer and Comer sounded like, hey, he didn't really care if he had the clinching evidence.
4: Well, that's interesting. I will definitely pass it to Larry, and I'll also uh, pass it on to others, too, involved in the investigation. Uh, you bring up a great point, John. And, John, thank you, too, on both of these really important topics for joining us tonight. Um, and you are right. Uh, we should try to get those conversations from the NSA, as you brought up. And also, how sad is what you just said, that it was only $2,000 and they would have had a pinger. Um, not that it would have changed anything here, but at least we would have been able to pinpoint it right away. John, thank you very, very much. Um, and also, real quick, uh, let's go to Isabel, five line five. Isabel, your thoughts, real quick. Hi, Rita.
11: Uh, you are very brave.
4: <laughs> thank <That's> you. <laughs> okay. I don't know if I would have uh, got underwater, but I did do the uh, skydive at 13,500 feet.
11: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's brave. That's brave. Uh, I I was going to say what you've been speaking about. If it imploded, it could not withstand the ocean's pressure.
4: No, you are absolutely right. And it should have been built much better, as we have just heard. We're going to continue this and also talk about Hunter Biden.
1: The Rita Cosby Show. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show.
4: bombshell tonight we're going to be talking about this later on in the hour that there is apparently according to this irs whistleblower he says that he saw a whatsapp message basically a text message between hunter biden and a chinese businessman who is tied very tightly to the chinese regime and it basically made threats to this Chinese businessman and saying, My father's sitting right here. He's right next to me, uh, basically threatening this businessman and basically slamming and almost extorting him, if you will. Uh, it is a bombshell. And if it's true, boy, does that open the floodgates against President Biden, who says he knows nothing about anything tied to his son's business deals. And if indeed that's true, Boy, does it look bad for the Biden family. A little bit earlier, here was Congressman Jason Smith when he broke the news of what one of the whistleblowers had to say. Take a listen.
2: This was a campaign of delay, divulge, and deny. Whistleblowers say reoccurring unjustified delays pervaded the investigation, including an authenticating a WhatsApp message in which Hunter Biden demands payment from Chinese officials, noting that his father is in the room.
4: And we're going to talk about that later on in the hour, the implications of all of that and the stonewalling that he says happened in the investigation of Hunter Biden. Uh, There's some really explosive revelations. And if true, it spells bad news for Hunter Biden and also the big guy. Meantime, we're talking, obviously, about this terrible news of what happened with the private submersible. Uh, James Cameron, remember, of course, he is the director of that very famous film, Titanic. He came out and said in an interview after the terrible news that the debris field was discovered right at the front, at the bow of the Titanic. And basically, you know, obviously tragedy now that we are learning Indeed, that, of course, all five on board, of course, presumed to be dead. Their bodies there at the bottom of the ocean. Uh, also debris also there. And so much, just such a sad ending to what everybody was just hoping around the world. We thought of the stories of those people that were trapped in the mines, remember, in South America. And they got out. Uh, Columbia, the people, the young kids that survived in an unbelievable plane crash. And they were in the forest there for, you know, 40 days Um, All these stories of just remarkable survivals and praying that these guys somehow would be alive. Sad news again with that debris field being discovered. And James Cameron, the the director of the Titanic, saying in an interview, pointing out a similarity, he says, between the Ocean Gate tourist sub tragedy and also the obviously terrible tragedy of the 1912 sinking of the actual Titanic ship saying, quote, I'm struck by the similarity of the Titanic disaster itself, where the captain was repeatedly warned ahead about ice of his ship, and yet he steamed right full steam into an ice field on a moonless night, basically saying, and in this case, obviously pointing to what happened with the Ocean Gate, basically blaming the Ocean Gate CEO that there were warnings, that there were dangers before the voyage, and also questions about the engineering, because there were clearly people who had voice concerns that it wasn't engineered well, and it wasn't stable enough, um, that there were, as we just heard, not a lot of backups. Obviously, there was a catastrophic failure because of the way the debris field is scattered. And yet they went forward with this. And in fact, the CEO was among those who perished on side, you know, that was on this sub. Uh, but it sounds like there were lots of warnings. And we were just talking to somebody who was at the defense department in the Navy who was familiar with the standards that the military has and saying that this is a much lower standard that these are these private companies. And when you do these private things, uh, you don't know what you're going to be in store for. I'll give you an example. Years ago, I was in Jamaica and they're like, Hey, you want to do a, uh, you know, you want to do a skydive? I saw the guy; his eyes were red as glass. I was like, ah, uh, I think I'll pass on the skydive with Mr. Jamaica, right? But then I was offered to do it a couple years later, and I did it with the Golden Knights. They also work with Fort Bragg right next door, the best of the best. And I thought, okay, if I'm ever going to do it, do it with the best of the best. The military probably has a little better standard than uh, Bob Jamaica that I saw on a boat uh, smoking who knows what five minutes before. And basically, that's what a lot of people are talking about today, that the standards were lower, the engineering, maybe the inspection standards were lower. But still, what a heartbreaking scenario and what a tragic outcome that we have learned in the last few hours. Here is Bill Parker. He's a senior naval officer. And John Katsimatidis and I talked with him earlier tonight on Cats and cosby describing what he thinks probably happened to the five souls on board the Titan sub.
8: So, the
10: idea here is that the pressure uh, is uh, one atmosphere for every uh, every 33 feet. So, every 100 feet is about three atmospheres. This was down 12,500 feet. Uh, so, basically, the idea is if you put five school buses on every square inch, that's the pressure pushing in on this. And it's a carbon fiber, therefore, on a kind of inch. like titanium per square inch.
4: Yeah, that's a lot of pressure. So now today, as we're looking, and we just heard to, uh, from Bobby Chocon who called in, a uh, former FBI expert, who was saying that probably the wear and tear, uh, you know, it's like a product, like it kind of expands, comes back in, and expands, comes back in with every trip. And this wasn't the first trip for this vessel, this private Titan sub that just went down it was multiple trips. So maybe after each trip, it expand came back in and they didn't realize that there might have been even just a slight expansion that didn't come back. Um, and any sort of defect, any sort of problem could have caused this kind of catastrophe at such incredible depths. What a sad, sad ending. And maybe the standards were not checked. The inspections were not checked. Uh, Obviously, the owner of the company, Ocean Gate, believed in it. He was down in that sub with these other adventurers. But maybe the standards were just not up to par. And some of the warning signs in the engineering community that we're hearing now, uh, it sounds like uh, they were obviously certainly warranted. And what a sad, sad testament that is. Where do you think things went wrong? And also, what do you think this means for the future, of course, of underwater Exploration. Here is Rear Admiral John Mauger, who spoke earlier today with the announcement of what happened and the discovery of the debris field. And now what happens
3: next? Uh, what are the prospects for re, uh, recovering uh, crew members? And so uh, this is a incredibly unforgiving uh, environment down there uh, on the seafloor. Uh, And uh, the debris is consistent with a catastrophic uh, implosion of uh, the vessel. And so uh, we'll continue to uh, work and continue to uh, search uh, the area uh, down there. But uh, I I don't have an answer for uh, prospects at this time
4: very, very sad. Let's go to your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. Let's go to Tommy, line six. Uh, Tommy, your thoughts about what happened here?
12: Hi, good evening, Reader. Um, My concern is, I was a machinist when I was younger. I grew up in a machine shop in, in Brooklyn, East ah, okay, York. Yep. And, and over the years, I, I graduated or did aerospace machine machine work throughout Long Island for a few, few companies. And one of the companies I worked for uh, used to do uh, electric boat parts for uh, – it was peerless, and they used to make electric boat parts. And I got a chance to go up to electric boat in Groton, Connecticut, and watch them build. Well, I wasn't actually able to go up to it, but I saw the Triton uh, Titan submarine being, being welded, and they inspect every weld. Now, I understand this is a composite-type um, vessel. But it's true. Your other caller had said earlier about the manufacturing spec Now, do me
4: so a favor, forth. Tommy, explain what does that mean, that it was a composite vessel? Can you explain that to, for everybody listening?
12: Well, it, it wasn't steel. Uh, it, they, they, that's, that's what I heard. I don't know 100 percent because I haven't really looked it up, but they said it was a composite type material. So that means it, it's, it's able to withstand the pressures. The problem is, if you are like you said, going up and down and no maintenance on it, it's probably going to have some issues over some time, like especially with the centrifugal um, pumps, because they rust up and that'll screw up your whole day. Because if you're down two miles, you ain't getting back up if you don't got your, your pump. So with all of this stuff that's going on, uh, the I believe that the government needs to be proactive with this regulation stuff. If It's going to be commercial. You know, private, you can do whatever you want. That's what they're saying, right? But you're bringing people on here and you're charging and This is a commercial vessel, and you need to have – uh, Coast Guard approval and you need to have positive real maintenance. I mean, real engineering designs. you know I agree, a, a, a I
4: agree. Tommy, did you hear um uh, somebody last caller brought up a great point um that there was no pinger. um, and I've heard that in other reports too, and that the pinger costs like, you know, it's like a like a beacon um and that it costs like two thousand dollars. um I mean, the people were spending, according to reports these people were spending. 250,000 a person to go on this trip these are these wealthy adventurers um and again they trust that when somebody's doing it and the owner of their company goes down with you you would think uh and it's a guy who's very experienced you would think he knows what he's doing and he's and he's made sure every screw is in place and there's no holes or anywhere in tear But can you believe that they're going to charge two hundred fifty thousand and now we're finding that maybe they were clearly cutting corners on maintenance and and uh, that they wouldn't even spend two thousand dollars for a pinger because right away then they could have figured out where they were and detected it. I, I mean, that's astounding, Tommy. What does that say to you?
5: The, these vessels are
12: supposed to have a lot more – these vessels cost millions and millions of dollars if this guy took – I mean, I obviously know what the problem was. It's the, There was a main nut behind the steering wheel. That's what's the problem with that thing. That guy was a little nuts. I don't like the way he talked, and he said he was trying to keep up with aerospace um, uh, manufacturing, and it, it sounded like a total fart. like he was trying to convince himself as well that that's what he was doing, but I don't really think that he was because DCAS, like the, the, the government, that's the DCAS inspectors. Um those people, I mean, they go over everything. You know, you're, you're not going to build this thing in a couple of years and, and have it go in and out. And then you're not going to have anybody in, investigate it. And, but let me ask you, it.
4: because this was private, different standards, correct?
12: Well, it's no longer private. if He's charging now. He's commercial. So now this falls under a different regulation. It's not him only in his people. It's oh, that's
4: interesting. So you're making the point because he was charging, because he was charging, according to all reports... Um, mm-hmm. That that there would have had to have been some outside what government regulation, um, even though it's a <laughs> private commercial.
12: Something I mean, the manufacturing should have been. Uh, I mean, if there's like the
4: one one um, you should have been or seven, did. Like, what do you think? Yeah, think should have been or did?
12: they should. They yeah. should have been definitely. Well, well let's hope drama. you're
4: you're right. But by the way, that opens the whole door, Tommy. If indeed there was um, some sort of outside regulation, they obviously didn't do a good job. Uh, there was something missing. Somebody missed the mark, whether it was in the private sphere or whether uh, they did have that other layer. It would be interesting to know you bring up some superb, superb points. Uh, Tommy, thank you for your great insight. And everybody, we're going to continue with your calls after the break. 1-800-848-9222.
1: The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
4: Coming up, we are going to be talking about these really shocking allegations that were revealed today on Capitol Hill Two IRS whistleblowers coming forward. One saying that he saw a text message between Hunter Biden and this Chinese rogue associate. This is this businessman who was well known and very close to the Chinese government, a Communist Party official, Henry Zhao, uh, basically threatening him and saying, According to Hunter Biden, my father is sitting right next to me. Uh, you better do what we say or else uh, there's some really blockbuster details. And we're going to talk about that and what it means in the investigation. Can it be proven? Uh, again, it comes from a credible whistleblower, somebody who worked at the IRS for a long time. Uh, the guy's name is Gary Shapley. And he says he doesn't have a political grudge to, you know, to uh, to, you know, to reveal that he's really just doing it because he could not believe the stonewalling and all the steps that the Justice Department was doing to the IRS. And he also made a claim that the IRS was ready to move forward with felony charges against Hunter And then the DOJ basically stepped in. So this is explosive on so many levels. And Shapley hasn't hidden his face or anything like that. He's come forward. He did an interview not that long ago with CBS News, Jim Axelrod. Here he is uh, not that long ago saying why he felt he had to speak out. He was an IRS supervisor and he said he had to tell everybody what was really going on in the Hunter Biden investigation.
3: Shapley says he decided to blow the whistle after a heated meeting last October with federal prosecutors. that was my red line meeting. It just got to that point where that switch was, uh, was turned on and I just couldn't silence my conscience anymore. Did you let prosecutors know you were unhappy? I don't think I can answer that.
4: Wow. So we're going to talk about that after the break and also our Support Our hero segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show. Meantime, we're talking about the terrible tragedy of what happened as we know now that those five adventurers uh, were killed, and it looks like it was just a catastrophic implosion that happened on that private sub that was going down to see the remains of the Titanic. one 800 let us go to Tony, Line 8 in New Jersey. Tony, your thoughts?
11: Good evening, Rita Cosby. So, you know, I am so concerned about all of this, and I think sort of the sorrow is kicking into what we've done. What's really What's really exciting to me is that you could almost feel the people from the original Titanic listening to your show tonight and all the speakers. There's sort of a demanding of an accounting here. The community of um, people who do these divings are this corporate community group that do these corporate dives have been demanding and writing letters to the Ocean Gate team and so we're hearing, even from some of the listeners, there's been a lot of red flags. So now my feelings go with those five adventurers who lost their life And we're looking at Ocean Gate and saying, where do you fit in? What's the community telling you? Because they were writing to Ocean Gate telling them.
4: Yeah, and, and, and by do the way, to Tony, this. there was somebody who also uh, called up and... um Uh, apparently uh, had called the company, complained they were uh, an engineer at the company. And guess what happened? According to this guy, he's got a lawsuit with them um, saying that he was fired as a result of complaining. So, boy, that doesn't look good for this company. Um, You hit on some great, great points. Um, Let's go to Eddie, line three. Eddie, your thoughts?
7: Rita, so if we're driving a car and something goes wrong, we can pull over to the side of the road. If we were in a plane, uh, you have an engine go out, you can look for a place to crash land and slide in. But underneath, with those five school buses, all that pressure, 5,000 PSI on a window gasket, on your hatch gasket, how many times can you go up and down unregulated? And you're bringing the public in, so it should be regulated. If you and I made a boat, we could go out. You know, nobody would say about it, say anything about it, but wear and tear on this, Rita do they have any kind of data on the wear and tear on this
4: yeah that's so like, a, and you hit it on the head Eddie because I that's what it seems like was the case that it was the expansion the wear and tear the unbelievable pressure as you aptly describe on this vessel and who's checking it and were they really following and if they weren't going to spend money on a pinger were they spending enough on the inspection? lots of questions
1: this is the rita cosby show on the red apple podcast network the rita cosby show on the red apple podcast network the rita cosby show presents support our heroes
4: And in tonight's support our hero segment where we love honoring our great military and their families a really powerful story coming from wisconsin where a veteran named stephen cook who is a local veteran from that area and from the vietnam war got surprised by all his friends and family with a boat float the surprise comes after cook had to miss the special honor flight memorial back in april due to health problems so neighbors friends and family decided to come up with an idea to honor him And so a longtime friend said somebody brought up the suggestion of having him on an honor float as opposed to an honor flight. And that snowballed into everyone wanting to do something special for him. And given this year marks the 50th anniversary of when the last combat troops left South Vietnam in 1973, veteran Cook became deeply emotional once he saw the surprise, describing the moment as something he will never, ever forget. The veteran said, next to my marriage to my wife and my kids being born, this is probably the best Day of my life, and how beautiful uh, that that community there in Wisconsin honored this great veteran, and of course to all of the great Vietnam veterans out there. I know so many of you listen to this show. We love you and welcome home, and we appreciate your incredible service to our great country. Well, we are talking about some stunning revelations that have just coming out uh, about Hunter Biden. First off. Some things that would make you blush. I thought seeing Hunter Biden's laptop alone would make me blush. Some of the pictures that I've seen out there, I haven't seen the laptop, but I've seen some of the images and some of the video. Uh, it makes Debbie Does Dallas look like PG. OK, so let's just put it that way. Not that I've seen Debbie Does Dallas, but I've heard about it. All right. So anyway, so through all of this, you, now there's a sex club owner who's come out and said, Uh, that Hunter was a little too frisky for the sex club uh, and that basically they had to kick him out uh, because of that. So, uh, Hunter just sounds like one wild dude, according to a whole bunch of different reports. And now we are finding out some really wild allegations. And these are coming from lots of very credible sources, two IRS whistleblowers. Uh, these were longtime FBI agents. And they spoke on the record with the House and we- House Ways and Means Committee right there on Capitol Hill. And they basically talked about some really stunning details that just came out and were made public just a few hours ago. Basically they say the investigation was stonewalled that the IRS said these are felonies that we should prosecute Hunter Biden on felony on the tax charges. Also, that there were some serious issues and there were just blocks every step of the way, that the DOJ interfered. The DOJ says they didn't. Merrick Garland says he didn't, Uh, you know, the attorney general. But yet they said that there was so much intervention from the federal government. There was so much stonewalling that they didn't want to do any raids. They didn't want to do any searches. They didn't want to do any of these things because of, quote, the optics. And there's also this damning conversation that one FBI whistleblower says he saw uh, that was a text message from Hunter Biden to a Communist Party official, a big business associate in China. And we're going to get to that in a moment because that is mind blowing. When you hear all of these details, what do you think it says about American justice and where do you think the investigation should go on Capitol Hill? We know that there was some sweetheart plea deal that was clearly negotiated a few days ago with Hunter Biden and the DOJ. Uh, he's got a court hearing coming up. I think it's next month. But at that particular hearing, Uh, It's basically an agreement on the plea deal that's on the tax charges and the gun charge. The gun is not even going to a charge. It's just basically going to be swept under the rug. He's going to be part of a diversion program. So he's not listed as a felon. Um, And yet when you hear these details of what was going on behind the scenes just at the IRS alone, Boy, does it look like one big cover-up. And this could be something that Congress clearly is looking into. First off, here is Congressman Jason Smith. He's chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee. And here is what he's saying the whistleblower said. First off, on the IRS
2: charges alone, listen to this. The testimony we released today shows the IRS recommended charges against Hunter Biden that included attempt to evade or defeat tax, a felony, fraud or false statements, a felony, and willful failure to file returns, supply information, or pay tax. These tax crimes cover an estimated 2.2 million in unreported tax on global income streams to Mr. Biden and his associates from Ukraine, Romania, and China. Totaling 17.3 million from 2014 to 2019. Mr. Biden personally received $8.3 million.
4: Wow. That is a huge amount of money and a lot different than what we had heard coming from this plea deal. And then here's this claim of the DOJ, the Justice Department, interfering. With the investigation that the IRS was doing. And again, these are not some willy nilly people. These are credible IRS agents, longtime agents, one of them, a supervisory agent who came forward as a whistleblower. And here's the congressman repeating what he said. Take a listen.
2: Whistleblowers claim the Biden Department of Justice is intervening and overstepping when it comes to the investigation of the president's son. Despite what whistleblowers described as a clear-cut case for tax liability on these payments, IRS investigators say they found themselves hamstrung internally. The testimony we have just released details a lack of U.S. Attorney independence, recurring unjustified delays, unusual actions outside the normal course of any investigation, a lack of transparency across the investigation and prosecution teams and bullying and threats from the defense counsel.
4: Bullying and threats from the defense counsel that had an impact on the investigation. Are you kidding me? If it was Joe Blow, do you think that that would have had an impact? And here's a little bit more. Uh, The whistleblowers also claim that information was leaked to Hunter and his team. Boy, doesn't that sound like special treatment? Listen to this.
2: IRS whistleblowers told this committee that crucial information about the investigation was divulged to Hunter Biden's attorneys. For example, even an investigator, investigators had probable cause to search a Northern Virginia storage unit in which Hunter Biden had stored files. Attorneys for Biden were made aware prior to any search providing them valuable time to remove any materials that could be useful evidence. Few Americans qualify for such soft glove treatment from federal investigators.
4: That is amazing. So in other words, they were tipped off that a search was going to happen suddenly, a surprise search. Do you think that President Trump got a tip off when they showed up in the pre-dawn hours with guns drawn at Mar-a-Lago? What a double standard. Wow. And then here is the blockbuster. If you haven't heard enough to drop your jaw on that one, this is really shocking. Listen to what a one of the whistleblowers, again, the senior supervisory agent says that he actually saw. He says he saw a text message WhatsApp Um, that is sort of, uh, you know, a more, uh, controlled, it's a message that a lot of times when you're doing communications with like foreign individuals, it's easier because it's free and also, you know, a little more, uh, secure if you will. But he saw a text message. He says between Hunter Biden and this communist official, listen to this.
2: This was a campaign of delay, divulge and deny. Whistleblowers say reoccurring unjustified delays pervaded the investigation, including an authenticating a WhatsApp message in which Hunter Biden demands payment from Chinese officials, noting that his father is in the room.
4: So I'm going to read this message to you. This is a shocker. Again, this is Hunter Biden claiming to this Chinese official his father's in the room. You know, we don't have a videotape. We don't know if the father was in the room. But boy, if true, this is a bombshell. This is the message that this guy, Gary Shapley, says that he saw. Uh, It was from July 30th, 2017, many years ago. Okay, what's up message? Um, With Hunter Biden and a guy named Henry Zhao, a Communist Party official and director at this Harvest Fund management, which invested in Hunter's firm. OK, according to Hunter, and he says he saw this, this is a supervisory FBI, rather IRS agent saying this, what he oversaw and what he personally read on a message from Hunter Biden. All right. Here's Hunter Biden saying, quote, I am sitting here to the Chinese official with my father and we would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled, Hunter wrote. Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand. And now means tonight. And Z, uh, Henry Zhao, if I get a call or text from anyone involved in this other than you, Zhang or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me, meaning his father, and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge, that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. Boy, does that not sound like the mob. Uh, And again, these are Hunter Biden's words, claiming his father three times in this reference is sitting next to him and engaged in the strong arm business deal. This would be explosive if this is true. 1-800-848-9222. Remember, Joe Biden has said he knew nothing of his son's business deals. And this allegation, at least this message from Hunter Biden, certainly sounds like Otherwise, 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Mike, line three from South Carolina. Mike, your thoughts. This is a bombshell, if it's true.
5: A total bombshell, Rita. And you know what? Uh, to start off, I know you're running out of time. Uh, my heart goes out to the family members uh, of the five uh, heroes who were in that uh, mini sub. You know? Absolutely. But
4: oh, it's so this heartbreaking. A bombshell.
5: I'm going to give some Italian words and a shout out to Joe from uh, Jericho, Marine. You know what? I worked with a lot of people, uh, Vietnam vets, when I was with the MTA. And here's a couple of Italian words for you. Okay, the Biden family, it's facci Dewey, which means two-faced, prima class, which means first class. Shake that artist. And this is a bombshell in the half. And all these Democratic donkeys, Hunter walks around with black tie affairs like he's a, a trained puppy, a trained stupid puppy uh, walking around behind his dad with the Irish smile. And guess what, Joe Biden? You know what? You're like, uh, I don't know nothing. I know nothing, you know, from Schultz, the classic TV show. You're a skee Yeah, Hogan's
4: You're Heroes. Photos. You're thinking of, you know, it's amazing. Ju- uh, you know, Mike, yep. I'm thinking about tonight. Uh, there was a dinner. It was a state dinner for right. uh, the prime minister of India. And guess who's there? Talk about irony as we're hearing this these new details. It's uh, of course the president Hunter's there uh, shaking yeah. hands, and so is Garland, who claims he knows nothing too. I mean, what a what a what a trio tonight, huh? What a trio! It's a trifecta in a horse race,
5: and you know he walks around like a stupid, trained Democratic donkey puppy, Hunter, and you got nowhere to go, guys. And somebody called the other night, Rita. They should do a clean sweep on DOJ and the FBI. What's going on there? And, you know, all the other, you know, Hillary, the list goes on and on. They're prima class, disgrace first class.
4: Well, uh, gracias. Gra- thank you very, very much. I appreciate it, Mike. Thank you very much. Always good to hear your perspective. And you're right. It is really shocking. Um, these details Just stunning. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1 800 848 9222.
1: The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
4: Well, This is a doozy. It sounds like a scene out of The Godfather. I'm not sure if it's part one, two or three. Um, But this message that this IRS supervisor whistleblower now says that he saw between Hunter Biden and a Communist Party official basically strong arming him and saying, you better do this or else you're going to regret it. And I'm sitting right next to my father. Again, remember, the father is Joe Biden, who claims he knows nothing about his son's business deals. So is the dam about to break? Because this, again, would head towards Congress. This would head towards Comer. It would head towards James Jordan, Jim Jordan there. So there's a lot of layers to this. And even though Hunter has made this plea deal with the basically charges of taxes and the gun, the diversion on that Uh, There still could be a lot of stuff coming here tied to Hunter and especially to his father. How do you prove it? And boy, if this is true, this is like it's like again, it feels like it's a scene out of the mob. Uh, I mean, it's like, wow, you just kind of can see, you know, uh, Pacino sitting there or De Niro. And, you know, it's like saying a line like this. And yet this guy says this is what Hunter Biden wrote in a text message. one eight hundred eight 848 Let's go to Pete. Line 8. Pete, your thoughts about this. Wow.
13: Hi, Rita. I think Biden's days are numbered in the White House. This is, hey, the IRS, they took down uh, Al Capone. They couldn't get Al Capone for nothing, but the IRS got him and then he got a venereal disease, and that was the end of him. Yeah, you, know, you know what, away.
4: Pete? You're right. You don't know where this is headed. Uh, you know, uh, this still could be a lot of stuff. And if this comes out, and if it looks like the DOJ swept this under the rug, uh, and also that the IRS was saying it should have been felony I mean, there's so there are so many of these allegations that are just, even one of them is shocking. And if it could be proven, some of these I think could be pretty uh, pretty easily to be proven. Um, there needs to be other whistleblowers, and maybe the floodgates just open because people are going, wait a minute, Trump classified documents that everybody has. He's now indicted, 37 federal criminal counts. Uh, and then when we're hearing these allegations, And you see the Cheshire Cat. I'm talking about Biden sort of smiling ear to ear. Oh, it's malarkey. I don't know anything about my son's business deals, even though these people came to the White House, even though you see pictures of them on the golf course. And now you see this message in writing. Uh, Wow, 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 wow. Let's go to Michael in West Virginia. Line one. Michael, your thoughts.
9: Hi, Rita. Uh, My thoughts are, unfortunately for we, the people, we have a uh, attorney general that has no idea what the law is and uh
4: he doesn't seem to care uh, you know michael that's the problem he doesn't seem to care what the law is um according to these whistleblowers uh he knows what the law is but he doesn't want to follow it that that is a huge huge problem uh and such a serious issue let's go to jeff line three jeff your thoughts
13: hello rita quickly um Chris Ray and the FBI should be shut down. Enough is enough with them people. They're crooks. They're part of the problem. And here's what Biden did. Uh, the, the first thing was the, the voicemail message. Remember the phone message? He said, uh, "Son, you're cleared. Don't." Worry. Did that sound like a mob call or what? That's classic. Uh, the other thing is. That's right. Uh, By WhatsApp, the way, you're uh, right.
4: That, you're right. That phone call like uh, that, like, uh, don't worry, you're in the clear. That was the whole New York Times story, I think. Right. Was, that was an interesting one. I'm glad you brought that up, Jeff.
13: Mm-hmm. And the WhatsApp thing, that's for uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency crooks. They all use that. And the last thing I'll leave you with, they went to Ireland, uh, Biden. Uh, the two crooks, uh, the crooks, um, Biden's father, Biden, Biden's son. And then Biden came back and he taunted when, they, when he was asked, um, what about the money? And he says, ha ha, you can't find the money.
4: Yeah, what he if- said, yeah. In fact, what he said, you're right. He kind of smiled and said, where's the money? And then, oh, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's malarkey. But you're right. It's almost like uh, like taunting people, like you'll you'll never find it. And that's sort of the allegation that it went through this Maze. And that's what, again, um, is also the allegation on that thing that the FBI came forward to. Remember, it was like it went through all these shell companies and it was a guy from Burisma. I want to know what's going on with these allegations from the guy who has the 17 audio recordings. Uh, do they still exist? Where's that guy? Uh, where are the audio recordings if they exist? Uh, lots of great stuff. Thank you, Jeff. Really powerful stuff. Let's go to BJ real quick. BJ, my, uh, your thoughts, my friend. My
5: Bull Durham spoke about it yesterday, lack of intellectual rigor. This doesn't happen by accident. This is willful uh, ignorance. So you have uh, Miranda Devine, Peter Schweitzer, you, Dan Bongino, all have been ringing the clarion bell uh, that uh, Biden, little Lord Fauntleroy, has been using his father's influence to uh, get away with uh, nothing short of uh, financial murder.
4: Well, and now what we got to find out, is let's see if these things are true. We need to know the truth. The American public deserves to know the truth.
1: This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network.